Okay, we can do this. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Hey, it's Wednesday again. I know. We're so excited <laughs> to be here. I'm Naomi. I'm Liz. And we're the Run Galloway Girls. And we're so excited <laughs> to be here today. Um, we have a big episode for you. Man, we have a lot of stuff to talk about because we just do. Yeah. We just do. Um, we're going to talk about 400s. We're going to talk about the Magic Mile. Yes. We're going to talk about HRV. HRV data. We're going to talk about an episode of Tina Muir's podcast that changed my life. Yeah. We're going to talk about Stacey Sims. Yes. We're going to talk about food. <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We got we're a lot gonna, of stuff to We're going to talk about our hobo friend, Ken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, a we, lot. Got, we got a lot so, to cover. We'll see yeah. if we get through it all. So let's just well, jump on in. Yeah. Should we dive in with, what do you want to start with? Our our Magic Mile, our training this um, week? Let's start off with um, the little, like, what was it? It was a message on Facebook about the show. About our episode last week. About our episode yes. last week and getting vulnerable with food and talking about food size and fueling and all of that. Yes. So, yeah. So last week, episode 29, go back and listen if you haven't, we talked about, you know, basically we talked about Lauren Fleshman's book a bit and the importance of, of fueling Mm -hmm. and like the low energy availability that a huge majority of female athletes suffer from because they're not eating enough. And so we got a message from a listener who her daughter just started running with her. Her daughter is 24 and her daughter has already shown, has like these, you know, built in bad habits around food, obsessing about calories, all of those bad habits. Oh my gosh. And let me tell you, these things are learned. So yesterday we did Kona Ice at work and I run a childcare center and Kona Ice is literally a cup of shaved ice with syrup, with syrup <laughs> that is 50% stevia and 50% sugar. I did so not it is that. low calorie syrup. It is 30 it doesn't calories taste like of sugar. It's because it's half and half. 30 yeah. calories of sugar per like tablespoon, which yeah. is like most of the, most syrups tablespoon wise are not, like 60, 90, 90 to 120, mm-hmm. right? So it's really low cal. And I actually had to do a whole bunch of research to get okay with the whole stevia and children thing because I was like, oh God, yeah, what about how much is too but, much? Right. And, and w- what it turns out is in... Even moderate amounts, stevia is safe. It's a great inclusive option. And that's actually one of the reasons we do Kona Ice is it's super inclusive for for kids with allergies. The only issues are the tiny bit of stevia and the coloring. Mm -hmm. Okay, both of those things on the scale of everything, pretty low. And you can negate the coloring thing because they have. Anyway, so it's super inclusive. Excuse me. They even have sugar-free options behind the counter. Anyway, long story long, a child in first grade Mm. said, oh, she was there to pick up her brother. And she, I was like, oh, would you like a a rainbow cone of ice? Cone of ice? Sorry, the kids call it cone of ice. So so I started. (laughs) I was like, would you like one? She goes, oh, good. It's my cheat day. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like six years old. It's seven. But, but yeah. still, oh my yeah. gosh, that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And I was like, like why is that even a concept right. in this exactly. kid's mind? Exactly. So <sighs> as adults, we have to be super careful about what we say about food. Um, what we say about um, how, what we say about our bodies, what we say about 
the morality of food because it comes down to this food does not have any morals. Food is just food. Right. Right. There, there is, is no, no moral value no on food. Bad so. food. There's no, yeah, there's no food that's you so know, this inherently is gonna, bad. So this is gonna jump into that life changing podcast episode. But yeah. Um, you know, sorry, we you were already Oh, yeah, no, I was just talking gonna, about the talk about yeah, talking about the listener and that basically, you know, the the feedback that we got was just that was keep talking was about keep this. talking about food <laughs> and that, you know, it's also really helpful in her in her household it was helpful for someone who's an outside voice that wasn't mom being like, You gotta continue eating calories you need calories, blah 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 because, you know, to to a young person it's like, Well, I don't wanna listen to my mom's advice, but you know, the experts, yeah. please listen to the experts. We're not the experts, but we're listening to the experts. We are. <laughs> and you know what? Um, the episode of Swap last week, Somewhere Call Play, episode 157? Uh, yeah. 157, I think, was last week. Um, they talk about how calorie burns are incredibly wrong on most, like, machines and most estimations. And you know what? We are not machines. We are bodies. And so you cannot calculate calorie burns because it is not calories in, calories out. Right. Sorry, not a formula that works. It is important, and this is actually going to go to episode 159 of the Tina Muir Running For Real podcast, although as soon as you press play, she's going to say welcome to episode 158. It is with a doctor, um, Dr. Here, oh, will you look it up? Yeah. Dr. Jennifer uh, I think it's Giuliani or Giuliani or um, anyway, she talks about how you have to just honor the body that you have, move it joyfully, fuel it well, and get and just get okay. Accept your body at the size that it's at because the other thing is that happens, and she's an eating disorder specialist, this doctor, when you restrict calories, your body is super smart. And do you want to know what it does? It slows your metabolism down. Um, uh, oh, I just pulled up Dr. Jennifer Gaudiani. Gaudiani, that's yeah. it. Gaudiani. Celebrate body diversity is the episode. So basically what happens when you when you restrict calories, your body will then go, oh, cool, we're in a famine right, right. now, so we're I'm going to slow your metabolism down. And then once food becomes available... I'm going to store, store some more because last time we were in a famine, it was hard. So this dieting cycle, diets do not work ever, period, for anyone because this dieting cycle is just going to help you store more fat in the future. And guess what? You also can't survive in a calorie-restricted state in a low mm -hmm. energy availability state you cannot survive because eventually your systems will start sh shutting down you're going to get injured and especially as a runner so accept your body as it is move it joyfully the way you want to move it build strength add to your life fuel it well don't take away stop from stop trying to shrink yeah and celebrate. You do what, not have to take up less yeah. space. Celebrate what your body can do. And if you restrict calories, your body will be doing less. Mm -hmm. Just celebrate that, you know, you are doing your long runs, you're doing your workouts, whatever you're doing. Your body will not be able to do those on less calories. Now, that also doesn't mean binging and 
eating everything just because you want to all the time. So there's, there's relationships with food that you can work on, but if you had to go one way, over the other, I would definitely say go the way of the binge. Go like, the overeating method. Like go the go the oh I snacked a little bit more, but you know what? I'm pretty happy about it. Like <laughs> because it tasted good. Yeah. Like don't go the way of oh, I'm not going to have that because I'm worried it might yeah. X Y and Z. No more. More is not worse in running. Like as a runner. Eat enough always yeah, to quote Megan and David. Yeah. Eat, enough eat enough always. always. And err on the side of more. And sometimes eat too much, sometimes eat not enough, never. Exactly. It's really exactly. A, you know, and especially as the as you start off in this journey, like, you know, our friend here, Brandy's daughter, who's starting off yeah. running and jeffing and, you know, well err on the side of more. And let's I mean, let's Let's be honest when it comes to when you first start, um, when you do, uh, when you are in the space where you're thinking that you want to shrink your body. And that is a place that we've all been, right? You want to be smaller, you want to be lighter so that you can be faster or whatever. We've all been there. I mean, we have. We have been there, and maybe you haven't. There is a small window of time where you are going to be right. smaller. And running well. That window of time is very small. It's going to close. It, and it's very small. <laughs> and it doesn't last for, like, you can kind of extend it for, you know, a period of time, depending on how good you are at walking a line. But I got to tell you, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't, as someone who ran there for years, there's a lot of anxious feelings when you are living there, you literally, your body literally feels more anxiety than if it was fueled properly. Even if you're not sick, I was cold all the time. That was something that was really noticeable that I was cold if I wasn't working out. Like if I was out running, I was fine, but other times I was cold. Um, I had a very low resting heart rate. If I got up to walk down the hall, it would immediately almost double. So I was going from like 50 to 100. That's a sign not of like being really fit and having a resting heart rate, but that my body has slowed my heart rate to conserve energy. So even though I was fine during workouts, when I got up to like just do something very normal, my body was like, oh crap, this is this is a workout. So again, you have to think about what is that doing to your like to your whole endocrine system right. with your adrenal glands and cortisol. Like that's yeah, right? that's what it gets to is like the cortisol that your body is so running produces cortisol. It's the stress hormone, it's the Which, belly fat hormone. It's, yeah, and it's stress fighter, is good. It's the fight a or flight bit hormone. Of stress is it's good. Right. It's the fight or flight hormone. It, it you know, but low low energy and, and not eating enough increases the cortisol and does not let your body recover from. And so that's what, yeah, when you're talking about the, your body is in a state of anxiety, it's because it's, it's got more cortisol than right. it should have. So it's then you're not, more so then you're not going to sleep as well because of all of this. So you've got now have low energy and low recovery and rest is not for weak. Rest is for everybody. Everybody deserves rest. Everybody has earned rest. Everybody has you know, rest is an important part of the it's, of the growth 
It's like equation. the key that, the yeah. The growth equation yeah. is stress plus rest equals growth. Right. So, and that's Brad Stolberg and uh, Steve, Steve Magnus. Magnus. That's their growth equation. And then the biggest takeaways from this episode. From uh, 159. From episode uh, 159. Tina Mir, running for real. I'm running for real. Was that eating. Our friend Tina. Eating disorders <laughs> and like, you know, I think we kind of call them disordered eating behaviors, but this is a professional in eating disorders that said, um, it's most people who have disordered eating behavior. She believes actually should just say they have an eating disorder because like own it and and give it a name, own it, own it, give it a name and get, get some help for it. Right. Because the DSM five classifies anorexia as including that skeletal body and says that atypical anorexia is not having that skeletal body. And what she's found in practice is that atypical anorexia is actually much more prevalent than you would believe. Right. And that most people with eating disorders are not in that skeletal body. And guess what? You are sick enough like you are sick enough if you are focusing on calories and stressing out about food and you have any bit of anxiety or any bit of worry or any bit of hate about your body, you are sick enough to get help and to change it. Mm. You don't have to wait. It's like being an alcoholic. Right. You don't have to wait until you're sleeping on the street because you lost your home and lost your job and you're trying to like you know, everything to just get a drop of booze. Like that's not, you don't have to get there to get help. Right. You can get help when you realize that you know, it's controlling too much of your right, life like you or it's controlling any part of to, your life. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's when it's the thing that you're, you know, you get home and think about, or you can't, you know, you know function without. That's what a friend of mine actually said. She stopped drinking and I never would have thought she had a problem. She goes, you know, I read this book about alcohol and women, and she was like, I realized that I was, like, living my – it's not that she was drinking first thing in the morning right. or anything, but she was, like, always thinking about when she was going to get to drink. Right, right, living and for I'm that like, drink. Right. As soon and as then she walks in the she, door at home. When and, she cut it out, yeah. she's like, now it has no power over me. She's right. like, will I ever drink again? She's like, I don't know. Do I – like, now am I happy that I don't because it doesn't have any power? Yep. And I think that's the the issue mm-hmm. with food. Drinking, it's easy. You just, I mean, it's not easy because <laughs> al- alcohol and addiction is a disease. But you cut, you eliminate something, you avoid situations right. where it's there. And, right, but we all have to eat. We have to keep So eating. we have to eat. So you have to change your relationship with food. And it starts with loving your body as it is and honoring it as it is and being accepting of it as it is. You know, Brian has actually you know, said some negative things about his body recently. And I'm like, but I love you and I love you exactly as you are. Now, I don't know if it's helpful or not, but I was like, I was like, if you really don't like this aspect, he's carrying a little bit of extra um, body fat. I was like, if you really don't like this aspect of your body, because he's a mountain biker, he does a lot of physical activity. I, I was like, you could add these different physical activities to build muscle that mm-hmm. might in turn rem- like burn those fat stores. But like, that's the only thing you can do. You can't 
eat less dinner. Like that's not <laughs> the answer. Like, you know, we don't, right. we have look for complimentary, you know, behaviors, right. not like not taking away really. Mm-hmm. It's, it's adding and not taking away. Exactly. Exactly. Add the strength training. We've add something start, that's going to build muscle. We've started adding some strength training. Yeah. I mean, it's not a lot, but. <laughs> and we, and it's not to build, it's not because of our size or anything like that. It's because we are aging. Yes. <laughs> because well, our and bones it's need to it. complement our running. And it is it's to keep us strong so we can run. our running. Yeah. And it's to, you know, it's almost in plate. Like, well, I mean, I'm actually, I was actually thinking about this. We haven't talked about this, but I'm like, man, if I get pregnant and like, like if you do a running plan while I'm pregnant, then like we're going to be at the, in these different spaces right. if you do a real training plan, right? Right. And I was like, oh, I'm like racking my brain. I'm like, I know I, I'm going to try to run through pregnancy. Hopefully that'll work. But I was like, ooh, maybe I can convince Naomi to do a weightlifting program while I'm pregnant. And we'll just do the same thing while I'm pregnant. And then every pound I gain, we'll put a weight vest on you. <laughs> so like you'll do all the same lifting yeah. as me, but you also yeah. have to gain with the weight vest. Yeah. So then you'll be like badass strong yeah. and like but it'll be totally different we'll like run like who what is it'll be like nine miles a week but we'll like go get we'll go into the gym and we'll get swole <laughs> yeah no I know I was thinking too about how because it was really hard to watch you continue to progress and mm-hmm. then go crush CIM in 2019 when I you know had gotten my goal of getting pregnant was pregnant and unable to you know, to go on that journey with you. And so that was really hard, but, um, yeah, so we'll have to see how that all progresses with the same thing. Whereas like we're may, I may be in a position where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go, you know, keep going this direction and maybe get a PR in the marathon. I'm not going to be ready to BQ yet, but I'll be getting, maybe I can get a, you know, get closer to my PR in the marathon and it would be hard to not do that together. I so know. we'll have to. Well, but oh, I think we said last week, you know, we bought a Peloton. So. Although I was so mad yesterday <laughs> because the delivery thing, like it got damaged and then they returned it and I had to re- like start over. And so oh. by next week, but I was so mad. So next but, time just go directly through Peloton. But Don't n- use Amazon, even though they say that they. Not sponsored. <laughs> spon- no. Like I was like so mad. Yeah, but at least now we've got. Don't drop you know, the Peloton. I mean, because I was thinking about that last night as I'm building Sarah's plan. So I built out a 10K plan for Sarah and Lauren, and then we'll get to Lauren's question next. Yeah. Um. So I built that out last night, and I was like, I was like, man, it'll be so sad. Like if we do stuff different, I was like, it's okay. I'm gonna be able to catch up. But then I was like. I was thinking about weight training when Brian, like, and you had mentioned doing weight training on our run the other day. So that was like floating around my ADHD brain. And I'm like, man, we could do a weightlifting program Mm -hmm. and we could still get some running in, but it could be like a complete, like different cycle that coming back into running, we could really just like explode kind of like almost a little bit excuse me, like Megan's time right. off with her heart condition and then, and then having pregnancy. a baby. Mm-hmm. And now she's coming in and crushing bitches. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and winning races. Yeah. And and she just got so much more ahead of her because she just yeah. She's just coming back at six I know. six months. I know. And it's incredible. And like I really I think strength training will be how I'll be able to if this cycle works and I have a baby next spring. 
I think that's how I'll be able to do CIM. I mean, CIM will be the following yeah, yeah. December. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll keep. You know, <sighs> it's it's all. Yeah, we'll just. It's keep all fluid with it. And, it's all fluid. And you know, as much as like, yeah, it it sucks to like see a downtrend or a like, oh, I'm not doing what I was doing. It will come back really quickly. Yeah. And look at how like quickly we both. You know, we both got, we were both getting back into fitness at the same time right now. And so it's, it comes back very quickly. I mean, I got to tell you, I feel so, like, I almost feel like shit. I'm like, I'm close to the runner that I used to, I'm close to the runner that I was in 2017. When we started training together, Mm -hmm. I think that if I were to do another marathon build, I think I would be right between 340 and 345 in a marathon. Yeah. Probably, I could probably do like a late summer marathon because I can run in the heat. Very few people can, but I can run in the heat. Like just feeling the way I was feeling when we did. So on Sunday, we, uh, our friend Ken is a pacer. You need to go on Instagram and follow him. He is mm-hmm. at the hobo runner. Mm-hmm. Does he have underscores? No, it's just the hobo just runner. At the hobo runner, yeah. So Ken is a very interesting person. He was reborn when a car struck him while he was cycling. And uh, who he used to... And it to, was a hit and run. It was a hit it and run. It was a horrible... And... Yeah. He, who he used to be died that day and this new Ken was reborn and he was like, oh, I'm going to steal that when I told, because I, I mistakenly said accident and he said it was a decision that this woman made to to hit and run. Yeah. And so, um, I was like, I was like, so it was your rebirth. He's like, oh, I'm going to steal that. So he was reborn as, as who he is now. And running is really what saved him. And it was a Brooks running commercial, which was such a cool story um, about like zombie runners. Mm-hmm. He was like the undead they put on these Brooks shoes and they came alive. And so he um, he has been a pacer and a runner at so many races. And he's just such a wonderful person. Yeah. We met him at the Disney Marathon in 2019. 19 when... Yeah. And then he came out to CIM and he paced me to my first BQ. He went to Mountain Beach. Mountain Beach. Paced me to my first BQ. Um, And he's just a, he stayed with my parents because I didn't have a guest room at the time. So he stayed with my parents. He stayed with me. He stays with us when he comes with us. He's Uncle Ken. He's Uncle Ken. My kids absolutely love him. Julian is obsessed with him. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, he's obsessed and and he's so, uh, so fun with the kids. And he's like playful and yeah, he's the greatest. And he paces for a bunch of different companies. He's, yeah. So he's now pacing mostly with On Pace, I think, of course, with Jeff. And with Galloway. Yeah, with Galloway. And and he had so from that accident, from that not not accident from, from that rebirth. from the crash he had you know traumatic brain injury that he has battled so it's it's incredible to see how he's how far he's come because he was at the time he was sleeping you know eighteen hours a day I'm, it was he you know he's he was broken he was yeah. very broken physically and so like anyway um, so he was here this weekend because he paced on Saturday and so on Sunday we went out for a run because he is doing a, and I'm going to put a little asterisk here because I think it's ridiculous, a run streak. He's at day 2,600 and something. Run streaks are something that 
I am not necessarily in support of, especially if you are training for races. Ken has figured out. No, Ken does he's, not have a full time career, so this is a very different. He's a different kind of life person too. Like he's physically yes. capable of going and doing a. So like a couple weeks ago, he did a three thirty pace group on Saturday. He just, you know he ended up only with one runner because it was too hot. Martha's Vineyard, and then on Sunday he paced Cleveland. He was he was like happy to have the four ten group because yeah. it was a a break for him. So he, he if he can go run a three thirty on yeah. Saturday and it's four ten on Sunday, he's a different kind of beast. And so he is doing a five miles of joyful movement streak, but one of those miles has to be a straight run with no intervals. With no intervals, and. He also does this run streak where sometimes what he does is he goes out at, at 11.59 or 11.50 and does one mile and does his next mile where he's done four other miles that day because they don't have to be continuous. Isn't that correct? Right. But he usually will do them. So he'll like leave at 11 p.m. And yeah. Get five miles in. But some of the miles might be 12, 13 minute pace. Yeah. And then he'll do his next five like from, from midnight, midnight till 1 a.m. And then he'll have off. 46 hours till he needs so, to do it again. Now, he lives a life where he can do that. So anyway, so we're out running and he, we're going to do five miles at least. Um, and he was like, well, I do have to do one straight mile. I'll do it later or whatever. And I was like, well, we can do a straight mile with you. Like, that's fine. It will pro. And he's like, you know, and like we're joking because he will sometimes do it at 12 minute miles or something because he, let me tell he you. He has a, no shame a in man Man that can pace game. run any pace. Um, yeah. He really has like a full range yeah, and has PR no problem. Like a 250 something. It's just sub three, I think, or is it just over no, three? No, no, it's just, just over, over three. three. Yeah, he's still training. So for he stuff. can, so yeah, so he can run obviously in the sixes and then he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't care. He'll run in the, yeah. in the 13, 14, 15 minute range too. And so I was like, well, I'm going to tell you it's going to be seven, it's probably going to be 745 because my legs don't know how to run slower than that. Like that is seriously a problem <laughs> that I have. And there was a time where I was starting to get to the problem where like my legs didn't know how to run slower than like 6.55 and I think I'm getting close there. Anyway, so we go out and we're like looking and like, let me tell you, I think I've done a straight mile like never. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I always like my walk breaks. In your life. So <laughs> we started out and we were a little quick and so we slowed down to that probably 7.45 because it was averaging 7.38 on our watches. Probably to that 7.45 run pace within a quarter mile. But then, and it fell hard. I'm, I'm also not going to lie. Like, it did feel like, man, if only I could take a walk break and speed up. Yeah. Like, that's how I felt the entire time running. Yeah. I was like, I would just like to take a yes. walk break and speed up. Three to four minutes in felt like a long, long yeah. time to run. <laughs> so we get, we get into that, like, halfway-ish point, and I start to notice that, like, the time is clicking down. And I'm like, I'm like... Hey, I didn't say it, but I swear Naomi knew that I was thinking it. I was like, I was like, I got to go because this is going to, oh, maybe I did say this is going to be a mile PR for me. I'm going to go. But <laughs> I, I know that it, okay. I know that I thought it, I was like, I was like, I'm going to set like an, a mile PR since coming back. Right. And we ran, uh, you know, a seven night, I started my watch a little ahead and Naomi started. So we both ended up seven nineteen seven twenty. but it was like, it was amazing. I think I looked at my like finishing run speed and I was like in the sixes and it was like, it just felt so, so we built the, after like our little, like starting off a little too fast, leveling out, we then built that last right, so quarter mile, faster. which is like, 
it was just great. And it just gave so much confidence. And the coolest thing is, and I shared this on stories on Instagram, I plugged in this magic mile time of 719 and it gave us a 409 in the marathon and a 155 in the half, right. which is our what we just ran. It's what we just this ran season. this season. Now I actually think that what it tells us is that we're actually faster in the half now. I think that even on Jeff's course, if we were to go back on an equivalent day now and yeah. do that race, we would be closer to that 155, 154, 155 than we are now. And I almost think like had we had a better weather day at, at Mountains to Beach, we probably yeah. would have beat that for, or if I had not had GI distress. Right. like Because we stopped like three minutes in yeah. the race. And if we, yeah. And we also did not, we, if we'd taken a walk break during this magic mile and actually done it like we would. I think we would have been faster. We would have been faster too. Because yeah. like, we didn't really intend to do a magic mile, but it was a great example of how the magic mile can inform like where you are. Where you are. And, and it's something that you don't have to go to the track to do a magic mile. Right. You can find a nice stretch of trail. Now this stretch of trail that we were on is an, is a 1% negative grade. However, the first quarter mile actually is uphill. So it does, I would say it's, it's net flat, which is nice, but right. it does have that little downhill finish a little bit. It's 1%. It's really nothing. Um, but find a little section that you love. It's actually a Strava segment. <laughs> um, find a little section of trail that you love. Find a section of road that you love. Like if you're strong going ups and downs, it doesn't have to be completely flat to do right. your magic mile. It, it should be F effort-based, 85 to 90 max, no puking at the end, able to continue going. I think yeah. we took two minutes maybe of walking and then and went then back we continued on running with, like with our run. Yeah. And, and it's great. Yeah. The magic mile is not, yeah, it's not an all out mile and it's not a, um, you don't need Like with any of these also with any, with what we did yesterday, it does not need to be like, all, you don't need to wrap your mind around it being this workout that you have to hit a pace. And that you have to win. Because, right, or win. Yeah. Because the cool thing, especially in the 5 and the 10K plan, in the marathon, I think you do, in the marathon plan, and we've never really done them, you're supposed to do a, mar a magic mile every three to four weeks. In the 5K and the 10K plan, you do a magic mile every other week. So even if you have an off week, it doesn't mean that you're getting slower. It just, you go back to the week before's magic mile. You go with your best magic mile of the season to to calculate your times. And here's where the magic mile helps, right? So you're training for a 5K. You take your magic mile. You had 33 seconds. That is your projected 5K per mile pace. And then, so yesterday, we decided to do 400s off the 5K, 10K plan. So you take that projected 5K pace. And I was wrong. I actually took our, instead of a stretch goal, it was exactly what our magic mile predicted was what we right. ran yesterday, okay. which is so crazy because we had a range, I put a range in for our 400s yesterday yeah, and we ran exactly, exactly the pace for our projected crazy. 150 average for our projected 5k, current 5k time. That's amazing. Of 24, 26. It's insane. So you take your 5K pace, so magic mile plus 33, you subtract eight, divide by four, and that's what you run the 400s in. <laughs> if you need help with that math, shoot us a little email yeah. or a message. <laughs> or just go to Google Jeff Galloway, magic mile, and the calculator will come right up for yes. you. 
So, and it explains it all there. That's something so wonderful about Jeff. He gives away so much of what's in his books, what's in his training. So if you're motivated to do it yourself, his 5K, 10K book is incredible. That is the book that I'm using to coach my athletes this season because it's a fantastic workout plan. It is incredible. We may adjust it here and there, but it's it's so good as is. It doesn't need adjustment. Adjustments will happen due to schedule and right. other things, But and that's where a coach can come in and really help you analyze, okay, are you injured? Are you burnt out? What do you need right now? Right. But the plans, I, I got to tell you, if you are someone who does not get hung up on following the letter of the plan and can take a breath, step back, and calculate, figure it out how to balance a plan with your real life, you might not need a coach. A lot of people can do that. Type A assholes cannot. I'm a type A <laughs> asshole. I need somebody to someone to come and tell you right. stop doing that. And for me, let's do this it's for me, it's almost like I need a training partner like Naomi, because it takes me out of it for me and makes it more about us. Right. And then it's like, it's so much easier to be like, well, we, this is what we need today. This is like, right. you know, cause I'm always okay to run easy. So like if Naomi needs an easy day, it's like, okay, great. Let's just do it. That's, that's awesome. Very rarely will I be like, nope, I just really need an easy day. Like I did a ton at the beginning of the season, but most of the time, if Naomi's like, come on, let's try it. I'll, I'll woman up. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool, so. yeah, so Jeff gives away, he gives away the building blocks. Mm-hmm. So another one that we did yesterday and that we'll, we incorporate into our plans oh, that was, are the drills. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the cadence drills and, and the, the acceleration, acceleration gliders. gliders. And I got to tell you, if you're only going to add one set of drills to your to your life, add the cadence drills. They will make you faster. Yeah. They will 100% make you faster. The cadence drills... You would think in the acceleration gliders we would have had faster paces. Right. Nope. We had them in the cadence drills. In the cadence drills. The cadence drills was the fastest running that we did. And you are not thinking about going fast when you're increasing your cadence. You are literally just trying to move your feet faster. And the trick is count one foot, either your right or your left, and just count the touch. And here's how I count. I count like up to 10, up to 20. And then I go back to 10 because it's hard to say 21 really fast. So I'm like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Yeah. So that's how I do it. And it's and if you're watching on YouTube, there's a dog that's climbing in our laps. But anyway. <laughs> She's um, so goofy. She wants to go out. But it's, um yeah, count. And it's concentrating on like your on toe off, on toes yeah. rather than, you know, Full foot landing, obviously. Yeah. So it's, it's and a great little, way to get up on your toes. And and kind of keeping your feet under you instead of in front of you. So that's how the yes. cadence drill keeping can your improve. Feet close, keeping your leg um keeping that forward stride, line. Right. And keeping your stride short. Like that's what I think about is keeping yeah. my stride short instead of you know, I don't want to overstride. Right. You can't you can't quicken your cadence if you're stretching in front of you. Mm-hmm. So if you slightly lean forward and just keep your feet under and kind of pulling back, that's how it improves your running form. And yeah. Jeff actually, and I shared this in Instagram stories, he shared, he has a blog post on his website that says the one drill to make you a faster runner, cadence drills. Yeah. So if you're throwing four to six cadence drills at the beginning of your workout, beginning of all your runs or just your workouts, so twice a week, and then you're throwing, so you don't need to do them on long run days. 
and then you're throwing like six 30-second strides in the last third of your run or workout, you will become a faster runner. <laughs> like, yeah. period, end of story. Like, you just will. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we're literally talking about 12 minutes of your entire run. So it, that is half if you're only doing a 30-minute run. <laughs> right. But, I mean, really, you could even structure it. If you're going out for a 30-minute run, you could, like, do maybe, like, I don't know, five 1530s, do your cadence drills, and then just chill out for, you know, 10 minutes, and then do your strides. And the whole run could be 30-30s except for your little 1530 warm-up. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so fun. So fun. Um, But, like, we were – oh, and let's just make sure that we put it out there. When we ran 400s yesterday, which is one quarter of a mile, Mm -hmm. we took a walk break. Yes. In all but the first one. We took a walk break during a one-minute and 50-second run. Yep. It equated to about a 45-15. We did it uh, based on distance. Or, and based on pace at that yeah. distance. And it was sort of around, yeah, every time is around 50 seconds. Yeah. Because that's, again, for us, 50, 55 seconds <laughs> feels like a really long time to be running. But the, <laughs> the other issue is is we were locking into a pace that was so fast. It was faster than the prescribed. That, and here's the problem with that. It's not that we weren't capable of running right. faster than the prescribed. But running faster than the prescribed could open up for injuries to develop or or fatigue that is harder to come back from later. Yes. Running your prescribed paces will make you faster. So you have to almost take your breath and zoom out. You run where you are now, and then all of a sudden you will be faster in that magic mile, and your prescribed paces will get faster. Yeah, and if you're doing the 5K, 10K plans, and you've got – two workouts a week mm-hmm. plus a long run. Like so Tuesday and Thursday for us or Monday and Wednesday, whatever your workout days are, you really don't want to win those workouts. Yeah. You do not want to go beyond what your prescribed you pace are. You want to make small because what will happen is when you're winning those workouts, you may take two steps forward but the, or you may take a big giant step forward, but you may end up taking two steps backwards instead of taking these tiny centimeters forward that just stay that you're just like kind Mm -hmm. of inching it's tortoise in the hair right you want to be the tortoise you want to make this slow steady measurable improvement over time versus these big leaps that then leave you injured for for weeks and months yeah and what's good with we had you know uh, this is like the first workout of the plan we had seven of those repeats yeah and that's enough to where you if you screw up and do if like we were starting to realize we're oops we're running 655 not 730 or 720 it's, you know, you're not going to be able to hit seven of them in a row or 12 of them in a row when we get further yeah. in the plan. So it was, it was a good way for us to say, oh, let's, let's be conscious here well, and, and slow them down. And if your running speed, because this is something that happens to us a lot, our running speed kind of won't let us slow it down. Some people do not have this problem and they can run all different speeds. Sometimes what happens to me is if 
I lock into a running speed early in a workout, right. I can't get back to metronome. my 740, like, or 720 or whatever. Like, my legs are like, no, this is speed right now. And so that's where walk breaks help me so yeah. much. And and I think that they can help a lot of people with that because, um, I mean, I really do – I really am able to run like with my good long distance running form at these really fast paces, which did, uh, I mean, if I was caught it, sometimes I think if I was 10 years younger, when I did, I when I like developed this, I like I know, probably right? could be pretty good. I know. I think about that too sometimes that like, man, I'm aging out of the, uh, <laughs> the ability to like hit the paces that I could probably have the potential for when, when we do something like yesterday and it feels so yeah, good to run so fast. But I just, you know what? We just but. need to remember that there are there are 45 and 50 year old runners who are crushing. They are crushing the world. It. Yeah. And we can do age adjusted, but I still think, yeah. I still think we have PRs in our future. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the other Plus, benefit is like our PRs aren't actually that fast. So I do think right. we have lifetime PRs in our future. I think still. so. And plus we have the wisdom now with our age. We, we like yeah. have experience and yeah. been there and now we know like what we're out for, which is like the joy of the sport. Yeah, exactly. And, and the process of it. And that yeah. was why I was thinking about like, man, if I get pregnant, like, wouldn't it be fun? Like, cause we've been talking about like, like, oh, I'll just bike next to the long runs. And then I'm like, I'm like, what if I can just convince Naomi to do like this thing that I can do as a pregnant person the yeah. whole time? <laughs> like, I was like, we can go lift. Well, because, all right. So my friend Jenny, is having knee surgery today. I don't think she listens to the podcast, but she last year, two years ago, she sprained her or she sprained her ankle, fractured her ankle really bad. And then this past year, she tore a ligament in her knee. And she did these like not doing fit like at fitness activities. She did them in her everyday life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you should like before knee surgery, I was like, you should really get into physical therapy and get really strong, best shape of your life heading into surgery. It'll make recovery better and she she didn't because you know life life, life is in happens, the way yeah. and her husband was like yeah I really want to get her a personal trainer I was like I was like seriously Steve like I'll train her like like I need to just like get together with Jenny she's awesome anyway and I was like thinking about like how would I train her to make sure that because the other thing she went to somebody else as a trainer and it was so hard that she didn't want to go back and I was like right. how I was like how do I start someone so that they develop not just a habit of of like doing this but like it feels motivating to start and to continue yeah and like I think that can be the hardest part is it can feel so demotivating when it's hard and the d- motivation is going to wax and wane like it it is there yeah. are days that you don't want to get up and do things right. but dedication I heard this on Instagram is getting up and doing it anyway and I think having something that is an external motivator, like a training partner or a friendship. Which is why if you sign up for a race, that's an external training factor. I think think even by yourself, though, some people, the race isn't enough. But, you know, actually, that's a funny aside. I used to keep a race on my calendar every six weeks, a 5K or a 10K. Because you can show up with, if you have been running for a while and have a base, you can show up to a 5K or a 10K. Um, Kind of... From nothing. If, like, let's say you've taken six weeks off, you can still show up on race day. Right. You still have and that complete back, background it. in it. Right. Mm-hmm. So after your first year of running, I would say, 
So yeah. this is what I did in years like two through five of running. I had a race every six weeks. And so what would happen is I would run the race and sometimes I would run the race and be like, yeah, I did really well. I'm going to keep going, right? And sometimes I would take the six weeks off before the next race and I would show up <laughs> for the race and I'd be like, oh yeah, that reminds me, that was hard. Let me start training again. <laughs> and so it was like this- it Kicking was the like, pants. <laughs> right. But it was like this natural like rhythm of a reset yeah. where like- where it was like right. I always had this ability to remind myself why I continue right. to train. Without constantly training to where you burn out. Because if exactly. you just cycle and cycle and cycle and you burn out on it. Exactly. And like, you know, Sarah's doing a little 5K plan, but we don't have a 5K at the time when she finishes it. So she may do this 5K training plan without ever like running an actual 5K race. We might just do it as a time trial on the trail. And then she's got three weeks before the 10K plan starts. So if we can find a 5K within those three weeks, then we will. But um, but it'll be really it'll be really good to like get her like ready and confident. And now the other thing is when you're doing these plans, you have to be realistic about what a percent improvement you can expect yes. over a plan. True. Guys, two percent improvement is really two to five is really what you're looking at over a training cycle. Yeah. Which is not that much. It's not that much. It's very it's a lot more when you're starting at a 12 minute magic mile. Right. Than if you're starting at an at a seven fifty magic mile yeah. or an eight minute magic mile. Two percent improvement is it's and if you if you're brand new to running, you're gonna have a lot more. Like I actually remember my first 5K training or 10K training cycle because we jumped right into a 10K training cycle because I had signed up for Army 10 Miler in October, and then in September we used to do the brain injury services 10K in September every year for um, my friend had a TBI and anyway. So I, my very first Magic Mile was a 7:29. And my last magic mile of that season was a 701. Wow. Yeah. Which is a huge improvement. Yeah. But that just shows that I was like coming from like right. nothing. When you're just starting out, yeah, you will yeah. see. You may see the yeah, you may see a 10% improvement in a 5K. You may see in your first little your bit. First, but yeah. then you're gonna get to the point and where you like run a 2513 after one, and then you have an improvement of a 2503. Right. <laughs> or, right. Or you, yeah. Or you have a 2508 and then a 2525. And you're like, oh no, I did, you know, I went the I other got way. Less. It's not, no, not it's a, the same. And it might be a different course. It might, Here's, it's literally not. Oh, also, here is what I tell, this is what I tell my swimmers and my runners and everybody. Ready? So if you're within two minutes, now with a 5K, it's not two minutes, but like a half marathon or a marathon. So marathon is within, I would five say, minutes? five minutes. Yeah. Two minutes for the half. We'll say one minute, one minute in the 10K. Okay. One minute in the 10K and, like 30 and 30, 38 30 to seconds. Yeah. <laughs> 38 seconds in the 5K. <laughs> yeah. If you're within that, like slower, you are, uh, oh, I ran right on my time. Right on my time, right? Yep. Okay. If you're one second faster, I ran a PR. Yeah. If you ran exactly the same time, you ran a PR. If you ran the exact same time, that is your personal record. You ran on your personal record. Yeah. Be happy. Right. Like seconds, be happy. Be yeah. excited. Like I can't tell you how many like halves I went to and ran like just – between 155 and 153. 
like all the time. Yeah. And, and I was it, like, and it wasn't, I was like, oh yeah, I ran right on my time. Yeah. And, and so. be happy about that and celebrate that. And yeah. it, every race isn't going to be a PR. So. Yeah. Which is just so great. Yeah. So, yeah. We should jump to Lauren's question if we have time. Oh yeah. So, Let's the HRV We definitely question. do. Okay. So you guys know that we're obsessed with Garmin. Uh, Garmin does HRV. We are not sponsored by Garmin, but hello, if you are listening at Garmin, we would love to review your new watches. <laughs> we love our Phoenix sixes. Um, so they do HRV. Apple watch does HRV. Whoop does HRV. Everybody's doing HRV. What is HRV? We talked about it in an earlier episode. Mm -hmm. It is heart rate variability, which is the length of time and the variability in the length of time between your heartbeats. Your heart is not a metronome. It's not clicking off with the same spacing. What it's doing is it's like beat, 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 beat. And it has variability between those beats. Mm -hmm. And a lot of variability means you're nice and calm. Because as we talked about earlier, cortisol, stress hormones, adrenaline, those things make your body go, oh shit, we need to be on beat, which decreases your variability between your heart rates, heartbeats, because you are in stress. You need to react. You need to be more of a machine, right? More of an on point, alert, like aware. Okay, so low heart rate variability means you are on high alert. High heart rate variability means you're chill as fuck. (laughs) So um, heart rate variability is also very personal. Like your range of what is normal to you is very, very personal. It has to do with everything, every system in your body. Some things that can help improve your heart rate variability within your range and bump your range up are hydration. So I have, um, I have pots and so that's like a pastoral or, or orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. My pots is super well managed right now through exercise. Long story long, there's a study that a doctor called it Grinch syndrome. The heart's too small. (laughs) So you have to like almost over condition the heart so that it doesn't go into this pots like way. Um, and one of the things that happens because of this is when I take time off, I actually decondition really fast. Now I also can get it back fast, but long story long on that. So my hurry variability is actually pretty low in compared to the general population, like the, like the bell curve of the general population compared to Naomi's like mine's half. (laughs) Like right. really, my heart rate variability. Mine is, half is like typical for athletes. Mine's like right. up in the you know high eighties, low nineties. It's like what you want to see if you're an athlete. Well, so one of the things that's really helped, and I should have been doing this all along because it is a treatment for POTS, is taking more sodium. So I take yeah. sodium before bed, and that has greatly improved my heart rate yeah. variability by like thirty percent. Yeah, because well, training. Yeah. So yes. so going together, from going from. Together not training during my IVF cycles, IVF being stressful, and then starting training, I've seen an increase. And then adding supplementation at night that has helped drastically. I've already mentioned rhodiola rosea, 
and magnesium, taking those two supplements at night. I take um, Thrive for the magnesium, and then I'm taking Pure Encapsulations for the Rhodiola Rosea. And I reached out to Dr. Stacy Sims on the dosing for that because long I think I shared there was a sleep product that she right. helped formulate. Anyway, Naomi's actually finding that 40 or four of them versus six, I take six based on her recommendations. Um, anyway, long story long on that. Um, but salt has really helped me. I take yeah. two salt chews before I go to bed, which seems so silly. I'm like popping salt chews. Yeah. And then hydration can be another thing. And so the salt actually helps you retain hydration because remember – Oh my gosh, actually, I got a like I got a tangent here afterwards. Remind me to tangent okay. about water. About water. Okay. Okay. Oh, and so, AG1 has like for David Roach, he's seen yeah. it with AG1, which has a lot of really great Rhodiola rosea in it. Exactly. And ashwagandha. <laughs> CoQ10, ashwagandha. That, yeah, yeah, so those things have improved his his, his heart rate variability. And so heart rate variability is is basically it's going to improve when your body is under less stress or has more ability or has to recover. balance from it. Right. And has more of the ability to recover. Yes. Now, your Garmin data is going to give you a heart rate variability every night. You should not stress over the single night number. You should look at your trends. And now it's also going to, in Garmin, it gives you kind of a trend and it keeps you within your window. What you need to look at is... Are you jumping up and down and up and down and up and down, staying in your window? That's normal for you. Are you all of a sudden having trending one, two, three down, even though you're still within your range? I would say after two nights, be on alert. Look at the third night. If you're still trending, you need to fix something. You need to decrease your activity. You need to increase your nutrition. You need to increase your rest. So look at your trends. Don't, don't like say, I can't do this because my heart rate variability is bad. Like I had crap HRV when we were going for the race. It was shitty for the marathon. We still did great. Right. No problem. You know, so, and it also, there can be a delay where you're not seeing, you're seeing a downward trend like a day or two after a hard workout mm-hmm. or maybe the, yeah, maybe the night of your heart, after your hard workout, your race, it skyrockets. Mine and it, and it always does. Right. Skyrockets. My body is like, yeah, you worked out. Yeah. And then maybe two or three days later, it's down because I haven't necessarily gotten the full rest that I need. And mine, I typically see, which is what Lauren's question was related to was, is with sleep. So when I'm, you know, progressively getting less and less sleep. So that that happened to me too with Mountains of Beach because three, four nights in a row of four, or maybe it wasn't four, maybe it was six hours of sleep, but it was low, less than low what quantity for me. And so it trended down. And so, yeah, Lauren's, go, her little guy is going through a sleep regression. He's like nine months old. And so her question was, do I use that to inform whether I should work out that day, whether I should run that day? And I think you you don't necessarily... Make or break a decision on one night. Right. I would say look at a trend of three nights. The other thing is I think that it is always okay unless you start and you really feel sluggish. I think it's always okay to get a 30-minute in. I think that in general, if you have a low HRV trend, you need to keep your runs to 30 minutes or less every other day. Like you don't want to be going out there for at 45 minutes to an hour. All your systems in your body switch over from carbohydrate to fat. And that incre- that's a whole other like, 
oh shit, we're on the run. That's what your body thinks. At 30 minutes, your body's not, your body's like, this is joyful movement. After 30 minutes, your body's like, oh shit, something's wrong. Also, heat is a big thing. Yeah. If you're, like right now, if you're not running in the early morning or the later evening and you're running in the heat, you've got to remember that that is a stressor on your body too. Adding, you know, her little one has a sleep regression. Taking, okay, also taking little ones out, even with a sunshade, strollers are hot inside them. They really, like, I mean... I would say try to keep your runs early, try to keep them short if you're having a nice H- if you're yeah. having an HRV um, like downward trend, mm-hmm. you may see after a couple of days it improves. Be intentional about possibly trying to go to bed a, a half hour earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at your caffeine intake. Are you having at, because of the less sleep, are you taking in more caffeine? Are you that does that? then make it harder for you to get to bed at night. So kind of look at the whole balance Like what little there. changes can you make? Um, I know for me, like I, days where I go into the office, like yesterday uh-huh. are more detrimental to me. They're just more stressful days. Like the commute. <laughs> we also run on those the commute, days. Right. The commute and, and the, you know, the in-person interaction, all of those things just are a lot for my brain. And, um, so like if there are little changes you can make where you have go and take 15 minutes where it's, you know, get some quiet, get off your screens, whatever it is to like, oh. that may help you too. So it may not, you it ready? may be something, other ways of rest. Something else that can improve HRV is meditation yeah. and oh, deep breathing. Mm-hmm. And the, we love Garmin. Garmin has breathing exercises. There breath is work. one called yeah. breath work. There's relaxed and focused short. It's six minutes long. Um, it is a great thing that you can add I actually, because I'm a freaking multitasker, I will sometimes put it on in the car. I've done that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like focusing on my breath because it like vibrates at you so you don't have to look at it. Right. So I'll do it in the car or I'll do it while I'm watching TV. So I'm like literally focusing on my breath. I will I do tranquility when I watch TV because it's like a longer, it's a different breath work thing. Anyway, I'm a big fan of breath work. It's supposed to help HRV. But the long story long of this is when you've got any metric telling you, ding, 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 slow down, you're overdoing it, listen to that metric. That metric might be a feeling in your body. It might be a feeling in your brain. It might be a feeling in your gut. It might be HRV data. Right. It might be your sleep score on Garmin. Yeah, like your body you, battery Your on body Garmin. battery. Like, all, like, listen to these things. Now, if they're saying, be on alert, be on alert, and you feel good... Maybe ignore that. Right. Some of those may not really be, they may not be a reason to stop what you're doing, but yeah, listen, listen Listen, to your body. And it's always okay. It's always okay to just walk easy for 30 minutes. It's always okay to walk. Joyful movement outside is great for your body, even when you're tired, unless you're too tired to do it. If you're like, I really, like if you are on the couch, like feeling exhausted and you're like, I'm so tired. I think even if I went for a walk, I'd be tired. Don't go. Don't go. But if you're laying on the couch going, I think if I went for a walk, I'd feel better. I feel energized from it. Then, then, then it's maybe safe to go. pull yourself off and go. Yeah. Sometimes it's also, I think a walk will feel good, but I don't know. Start it. Right. And then be like, yeah, no, I'm turning back. 
That's right. okay. Yeah. So. It's it's okay also. Like yesterday, I know we both had in the morning had said, oh, it'll be great to like spin tonight, right? And I was all bummed that my Peloton didn't come. Mm-hmm. So I was texting my husband. He said, oh, well, don't forget, you know, I got you a really nice bike. I'll get home early and you can go out for a ride. Aww. And I was like, okay. Oh, gone and then you. I get to work and things are just, you know, I was like, you know what? Hey, honey, don't worry about coming home early. I am like, I'm already tired. I think today's going to be a day. And I was right in that call because when I got home, I was wiped. And so it was the right call. And I knew, yeah. I knew, I said, if I, I said, if I could get on a Peloton and spin easy, that's one thing. But if I'm going outside, I need to be alert. Yeah. I need to be, you know, there's, you can't go outside on a, on a bike with clips and, and not be alert, yeah. especially at rush hour. And so I said, nope, it's okay to take, take the evening and just like chill. And what I did instead was I, I got my kids dinner. I got them bathed. I watched an episode of The Office. Nice. Instead. So like 20 minutes it. of just letting my mind calm yeah. down and my body calm down. I was down really tired last night too. I kept thinking like, oh, I should go, I should go run on or ride the Peloton. And then I was like, and I even said to Brian, I was like, yeah, I was going to ride the Peloton today. And he's like, you still can. It was like 730. I was like, no, I'm too tired. Like, yeah. I'm like, listen, no. So it's okay to be like, yeah. you know Plus, what? Plus I knew that we had planned a 930 ride yeah, today. Yeah, we might ride today. So, but it's okay to, um, it's okay to rest. It's yeah. great for you. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely great for you. Um, rest is part of this equation. You don't have to earn your rest days. Right. Um, just like I mean, if you need more rest days than what's in your plan, that's okay too. Yeah. You can always like these workouts are des- like when you have workouts, they're designed to get you closer to your goal, but you can always reevaluate your goal, and yeah. you will see overall improvement. Even if you're only doing, I mean, I know we say like, like a perfect workout, perfect plan executed is 80% max. Like you should never a hundred percent your plan. Anyway, I would say you can expect improvement even if you only had 40% of your plan. Yeah. You'll still see improvement. Um, there are, t- there are specific things that you should hit like specific workouts, but you're, I mean, if you don't hit all of them, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and you just reevaluate your goals too. Yeah. So you're not a failure if you, you know, if you miss a workout, if you miss a day, if you do yeah. this, it does not, you didn't fail at anything. Yeah. You're still winning. Yeah. Because this is, remember, this is our recreation. This is supposed to be, <laughs> this is supposed to be our joy. This yeah. is supposed to be our fun. We're supposed it's to like love this. Um, so a couple of other things that, oh no, we already talked, we kind of talked about this last time. A couple of other things that we were just kind of noodling on. We, uh, Stacey Sims in an episode of something that you watched. Or I was recently re-listening to an interview on Another Mother on there with Stacey that they had just republished because it's still good information. It's so good. And um, Naomi brought up the chocolate because Stacey Sims said chocolate milk is not an appropriate recovery for women. Women need more protein. And I challenged that because so all the research says a four to one carb to protein ratio in the like 30 minutes to an hour post-workout, uh-huh. right? And granted, the research is done on men, but the four to one carb to protein ratio, chocolate milk does have that. Um, so but Stacey Sims was saying, oh, women actually need a little bit more protein. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to argue that more protein, a protein shake isn't a great idea. But chocolate milk is also still a great idea because I brought up, I wonder how many, like in the comparison 
because women, if professional soccer players, because we talked about that last week, Mm -hmm. professional soccer players are at a calorie deficit, low energy availability state, or walking that line, (laughs) walking that line, how many people, when looking at that chocolate milk isn't good enough for women, were walking that line of low energy availability? Yeah. And I wonder if in appropriate energy availability if chocolate milk is enough and if it's if they're at that line of low energy nope you feed it more protein now i'm all about to add add more protein but i still think probably drink some chocolate if chocolate milk is your jam drink some chocolate milk and then adds throws more protein on it yeah great because yeah i'm back on the back in the protein bandwagon yes. i like jumped off for a little bit just because it was like i kept forgetting to mix up my shakes and i need to get more um i need to get more whey protein because i think i need to do one plant based and one whey each day because yeah. The way that I have is so light; it's so much easier to You're, drink. Well, probably the way also has probably has more leucine than, oh. than because pea protein does not have it. And so for so that's oh. one thing Stacy was saying. Stacy Sims was saying that you need to, if you're doing vegan proteins, get, you also need to be supplementing with BCAAs to make sure oh. you're getting all of your amino acids. But if you're doing whey, since it's animal product, it probably has the leucine. So well, and then I add more collagen. Um, I've been on the I've been on the Orgain Sport, which I really like. It's uh, instead of being 20 grams of protein, it's 30. And then I add two scoops of collagen peptides, so that adds another 10 grams of an incomplete. Right. So collagen is an incomplete protein protein source, but it does add some protein. Collagen is fantastic for your muscles, ligaments, joints, things like that, skin, hair, nails. Um, So it is something that you can add, but do not consider collagen grams of protein as protein grams. They're kind of like you take them out just like, just like you take fiber out of carbohydrate grams. Um, Carbohydrates, like when you're calculating carbohydrates for say, I mean, I got, I, diets are horrible, but like when people go on low carb diets or diabetics, when you're saying, what is my net carbs? You actually take the total carbohydrate, subtract out the fiber, and then that's your net carbs. So same sort of thing. You're going to take your total protein. You're going to subtract out collagen, peptides, and then that's your net protein. So um, yeah, and throw us more protein. Throw us more protein. <laughs> if you want to support the pod, um, you can shop Orgain. Yeah, um, code is CoachLiz30 yeah. for that. Uh, other ways to support the pod is rungallowaygirls.com slash shop beautycounter.com slash run Galloway girls. We have new products launching actually, and we should probably do maybe a little video live, but maybe do a little video live, like something to, you know, get beauty counter out into the hands of people, especially like sunscreen. It's, it's sun season happening and yeah. And all of that. And, um, yeah, uh, do we want to do anything else? Because we have a couple more reviews. Yeah, time-wise, though, I think oh, yeah. we probably oh, better wrap it up. We do. we got to <laughs> wrap it up. Um, so we'll, maybe we can record another one this week. Yeah, we I have think a long I say weekend. this every week. We have a long weekend, though. Oh, yeah. So this weekend and we'll have an extra day. We but can. guess what? We did 30 episodes. 
This is number 30. I can't believe it. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, yeah, thank you guys so much for all of your support. Please rate and subscribe to us. Follow Follow Mm -hmm. us. Follow us wherever you listen, but please also go into Apple Podcasts and follow us there. Leave a review there. It helps people find us. Um, We love doing this. It's a labor, labor of love. Please send us questions, send us, we will try to chat on any subject you want. And thanks for running with us. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait, hold on. Ah. (laughs) Now we can say bye. All right. Bye. Bye.